for feeding fables, faking finance, fruit formerly found, few follies. False forward finds fanciful fortitude frolics freely from, healing feels futile for fleeting fables. Of course, anyone aiming at Amber's tax. Broadcast by Boy and Me, there's a butter. Be boys, be boys, be boys, both boys, by Amy. By Biothermal, by and by Cottage. Gorgeous gals, yeah, yeah, yo, yo, yourselves. Of course, zealous ciphers, zigzag, zing, zeus, zeal, zillion zippo, ziz. She cites somebody synonymously something. Solemnly, surely, someone sucks some splendid stupor. Something sweet. Hi, keep, hi, hope. Himself, herself, him, him, ha, ha, here, her, have, humor, hesitate, hers, his, handy, habit. How has he had, hi, he, hi, hope. Himself, herself, here, him, ha, ha, her, Box and keys, cookie coal, knocking quaila, kaki ka, kai keys, new cookie creepers. Little lazy lady looks like luxury, lament lost loonies, lured laughter looks, livid luxurious, lavish lunatic liaison lexicon. Little lazy lady looks like luxury, lament lost loonies, lure laughter looks, livid luxurious, lavish lunatic liaison lexicon. Little lazy lady Lament Boss Moonies, Lure Laughter Looks, Livid Luxurious, Lavish Lunatic Liaison Lexicon. Little Lazy Broadcast by Buoyant Bathers in Butter, by Boys, Be Boys, Beat Boys, Both Boys, by Beauty, by Biothermal, by if I insinuate itself, identity initiates idle idiots. If I insinuate itself, identity initiates idle idiots. I think to go. Imagine iconic iodine idealization. If I insinuate itself, identity is How has Destined duty, deeply doused, directed delight, divided, during this 
quarterly questions, queries, quantum, quarks, quams, queasy, cues, quickly, quadric, queens, quotas. Quarterly question, queries, quantum, quarks, qualms, queasy, cues, quickly, quadric, queens, quotas. Quarterly questions, queries, quantum, quarks, qualms, queasy, cues, If I insinuate to look at? What is an inspiration unembodied? 
harnessed ether of conversation and smoking in the parlors where we meet the instrument of wit, charm, and corruption. This hand wrote with axes, slicing frozen berries, thin and cold viscera, belaboring the luxury of thinness to put on cake, to float in the pool of my drinking, to surviving this night of psychology to make better my creative leaps. Through thin rimmed spectacles, I see pink tinted with brown, with a sip, thin berry, raisin slips, through the cracks of my mouth, yapping and drinking, making eye contact, spilling conjecture and savory compliments, that which they call sugar on the wound. Two films for a mouth breather. Star of Always in My Way, 2005, returns in the sequel, Why Not, 2015. Enter I of Empathic Enlightenment. Employed by doing what I love, never again, day in, day out. Doing what I love is an accessory to my intellect. With a few scrapes of ect patina, fearless passion is the weight of every glass of wine taken with a bout of skimming theory. <sighs> a Tuesday afternoon, sipping from the neck and the spine of the good cheap stuff. Pseudo vice and smut for the YOLO types. Profane worship is a mute astonishment, a glow. Simple pleasure floors me. We'll be screening, why not? All generation long. When we're out of popcorn, we'll eat my garden. For you though, natural sedative. I thought this part coming up was too grotesque. Fine, watch. All my single friends over on a Tuesday night hosted by my speed accommodating getting marks for thinking of others, briefly dreaming of thank you, and withdrawing karma. Photo ops won't show that the legs of spiders sprung from our pores before getting the single skewed up. <laughs> We're getting the single skewed by a selfie stick for a wider angle on a party fall. <laughs> Why not YOLO and LOL? A watery paradisiac apparition encourages motion towards a salvation thinner, lighter, shinier than our new computers. This dry jewel of the mulched, clean, heroic glowing and polite life steals us. Normal life is a matter of virtues forming a pie chart baked by Miranda July. A finished floor, profane worship, includes being entertained. Just the one slutty dress. Praise for looking wise, groomed in antique shelves. Flipping through fight on books, access to a superhero movie in a feel-good time, mocking a feel-good time, and saying, white people. The password is espresso. <laughs> <laughs> this, this epic, why not, closes with a shot of glacial traffic, breathing through my mouth, or is it my nose? To subdue this predictable inertia will screen always in, my always in my way on the back of my hand, which blocks the unmoving sun foisted through the windshield to survive a time-worn purgatory. Cinema box of used car of the highest gear with a broken conveyor belt. Billboard for probiotic yogurt on the corner of a big intersection. Wow, the mouth is huge. Watching a comedy, hmm. Her mouth is huge. 
sitting in a loud bar thinking, her mouth is huge, <laughs> yawning, my mouth is huge. Sometimes it is required simply to get enough air and almost never about you. You should acknowledge that over the course of our existence, we have written one poem and one poem only. A lot of people write beautifully. I need a taco. My mouth is huge and full of gasps. So this next poem I wrote with um, this story in mind about this woman who's worried about her boyfriend becoming a capitalist. <coughs> it's called Arms Length Apart. One, the stage for opinion and feeling grows into the size of a couple of cozy countries with the audience seated beyond the horizon line. And those who have shown up to this short performance don't understand that the words coming out of your mouth have stopped paying attention entirely. If you can transcend this paradigm, you will, you will be invited to consign with the club of ubiquity. Two, this is an ungodly hour to talk to someone, to talk about ungodly things. Telecommunication translates as afar communication. Telos communication ends as, translates as end communication. Or this cabal. Let go, they said. Let's go, they said. But they didn't move, with the exception of coming just a little bit closer. Three. Feeling alone and having no excuse. Hear this arrest. My request is that we stay at arm's length apart. I keep this book, arm's length apart. My intrigues, arm's length apart. Thisness, hereness, arm's length apart. Four. Globalization opposes miscommunication and raises nothing but ether. Distance is not the leading factor. It is the tamed beast. The sense of thisness, hereness, the still unaccommodated women, it is its obliteration. Five, I would not be happy with just one minute in your arms. More? No, less. <laughs> At bed's length, the dangle of objects, books, laptops, and plates. Eating dead again, were we? Placed on a side table I arranged to be just too afar. Convenience and access is lawful. Farther, faster, cheaper, and deeper. A systematic exhaustion of patience, only as alienated as I'm told I am. I'm calling in sick to this hangout. Six, there are still radical images to be had, and chances are they'll be transmitted through the arterial network of the information superhighway. I'll make it sound like flesh, because globalization is supposed to make us feel closer. But it just fosters more potential. Potential commerce, potential deals, potential teeth to show, potential roles, potential action, potential innovation, potential connections, potential meals, potential drinks, potential trade, potential dangle, potential low altitude flights, potential money, potential vibrations, potential anxiety, potential, potential. Potential opportunities to be far away from where I'd like you to be doing your thing in the next room. Skype everyone. Telecommunicate with all else but me. Soul is the ring around your bathtub that I want to scrub away because soap scum is the farthest thing I want from your mind. 
<laughs> I'm just gonna reposition myself. I like, this story's called I Like Your Cardigan. As a keen art student, I looked but only saw as it was told. I only saw art as it was told by a piece of paper. Now, the piece of paper goes in my pocket since I've misplaced whatever it was that I gained between enchantment and disillusionment. I tied my hair back to show my face and, friend and friend am friendly, and now I see it all between the contours of acquaintances. The gallery's air conditioning was broken and layers were periodically shedding as more bodies entered the building. In this space, more flesh than thought, I find myself in a conversation that I've had a hundred times. It's no revelation that openings were never meant for looking at art. I attempted, with some charm, to move on to the subject of the weather. The man I was speaking with was an implied jet-setter who, who saw this work already, last summer somewhere in Europe perhaps, though didn't specify where and proceeded to say he disliked it. I wasn't sure what to do with that information, but to avoid drawing the conclusion that he obviously came here for social ends, I replied that I wished for it to rain. I don't mind talking about the weather. It's accessible, changing, important, and impersonal, and therefore a vulnerable act. The weather orients us, our outfits, our motivations, our schedules. It is as democratic as it is despotic. This week, I hope it rains so hard, everything is canceled, but the, forest, the forecast empirically snubs me. On the bus home, I couldn't stop thinking about how badly I wanted a shower. The merchandiser and I got on and sat down in the seats generally reserved for strollers, wheelchairs, and the elderly. The painter drops himself and his backpack in the row in front of us. None of us seem to want to talk to each other, but alternate between looking at each other and out the window. The painter starts plucking at a field of pills on his cardigan. The merchandiser examines the burn on his forearm so light it could be mistaken for a small shit stain. I should ask him how it happened. When people ask me, how did that happen? It's because they think my eczema is a festival of mosquito bites, and maybe there is a crazy camping story attached to it. But it's just eczema. I've been told it's an artist thing by artist, artists pretending to stress, or an Asian thing by other Asians, but most sound about as medically informed as an aromatherapy diffuser. I guess it's stress, just stress, just eczema, just a burn, just mosquitoes. Still, sometimes I find myself huffing rosewood. In a perfect, comfortable silence, the kind that reassures friendships, we listen for the signs, the sighs, of the belabored vehicle starting up, mixing with the concert of the main intersection hitting the bus in waves of detachment. Nothing mingles unless it's by accident. A stepped on toe, excuse me, you dropped this, sorry, sorry, and sorry. No need to be one with it all. Two young women running for the bus have a presence. They giggle as they dash on and flash their passes to the driver and the bus starts moving. And what appears to be a burgeoning friendship, every minute must be fun and binding. There is heaviness and balance to their stride. Two giggles set into the row behind the merchandiser and I. I like your cardigan, one of, the one of them comments to the painter. He looks up from his deep hilling stupor and replies, thank you. It's really well made, where'd you get it? It's navy with some little flecks of color sprinkled into the weave. It could have come from a second-hand store, or was designed to look like it, and then sold at an exorbitant cost. It's so pilled. Well, a friend gave it to me, 
and she got it from our other friend. Wow! <laughs> wow? That's so nice. The sweater has a story to it. Does that mean you're going to give it to someone else? No, I really like this sweater. Truthfully, the cardigan is a bit plain, but it looks pretty good on the painter because of his subtle slouch. Oh, that's a bit selfish. Wow. The painter is not insulted, but I'm impressed that he answered the question truthfully. He replies very straightforwardly. Sometimes the best way to care for others, I think, is to care for yourself. I know what he said resonates condescendingly, like a comeback, but it doesn't make sense with conventional notions of generosity. I think I understand it only because I understand certain things about him and about our evening. Hmm, her brief contemplation. I don't quite agree with that. The painter says he understands, but chances to elaborate. Well, I just mean in the sense that the giggle cuts the painter off. Okay, I just wanted to tell you that you have a nice sweater. I don't need a therapy session. <laughs> I look at the painter and thought, he's pretty handsome. Maybe the giggle was trying to flirt. I don't know how the painter turned into the asshole, but it happened like a mismatched slow dance of congeniality over a pilled secondhand sweater. By saying nothing more, he accepts her verdict. The encounter could have ended with a brief overture of silence as we receded into our respective zones of friendship. Before she noticed the painter's cardigan, or the painter, I don't know which first, she essentially parted the merchandiser and I like a set of beaded curtains. She seemed determined to be nice, to defy awkwardness, to make sure that she emerges the better human being, sowing kindness on the grimy, downtrodden space that is public transit. So, where are you guys all from? If she can't be nice to him, she'll be nice to us. The merchandiser answers, the painter answers, and I answer. I'm the only one who isn't from Vancouver or the surrounding suburbs, so she has something to say about that. I should have lied and said, China, but instead I told her the truth, <laughs> Calgary. <laughs> it could have been justified to lie to the giggle. I'm losing, I'm looking for the human being between a worked-on must of brunette locks and espadrilles beneath a blouse of dainty floral print under a stylishly frumpy cardigan of her own, pink lipstick, a touch of blackberry body spray, obscure her even deeper under the layers upon attempts to collage an individual together. <laughs> I am full of judgment tonight. <laughs> Some notions of freedom are marketed and have been epitomized by motifs of beautiful, ethnically ambiguous people with white teeth and aggressively patterned leggings, overcoming adversity, adversity by riding a roller coaster, blowing bubblegum, taking out a timeshare, or having a glass of wine on a Tuesday. Treat yourself YOLO and why not? Every night I am full of judgment. Is that fair? No, perhaps not. I want to tell her that I need therapy, that I have a therapist. Damn, I should have. She's exclusively talking to me now because she's been to Calgary and can testify that she found it very cold. <laughs> I tell her that I find it worse when I visit now because I'm acclimatized to living here and I was sitting in my mom's car waiting for her to come out of a Tim Hortons and it was so cold I almost cried. And for once, I'd rather just not talk, but I managed to. Though talking about the weather can be boring or unimaginative, trite or lazy on its way to perhaps even being offensive, 
I accept it as a profound admission of discomfort. We have all felt it and needed to express it without getting too deep. I love you, weather. The merchandise and the painter start having a separate conversation beside me. She asks me, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you from? Would you like to know my blood type too? I don't have any pets. And yes, this is my natural hair color. We are going home. Us too, referring to her so far silent friend. She smiles and looks calm. She managed, she managed to remain a spectator. For a moment, I wanted to be her, but my jealousy stops short because I'm thankful that she, try, she didn't try to get to know me too. We're getting off at the next stop. The giggle is animated and I am taken aback a little. Our conversation was as pleasant as it could be, but it will not continue beyond this bus. I don't want to talk to you. You're a nicer, better human being than me. Good night, is what I might have said if she wasn't getting off at the next stop. The merchandiser didn't hear her and motions to pull the cable for the upcoming stop, even though ours is the one after. What are you doing? It's the one after this one, I say, which he knows, but he also understood what I meant. He turns to face the window of the moving bus. Orange spots of light intermittently douse his disoriented expression reflected in the window, and I can see that his performance is quite good. Oh, you're right. When the bus comes to a halt, the giggle deposits a superficial goodnight with us, and the driver, before she departs the bus with her stoic friend, who says goodnight too before stepping off. Is she a hostage or an accomplice? I think I respect her. Between this stop and the next, still little is said among us. We say goodnight to the painter, as we may have many times before, really looking forward to the next time we see him so we can actually deconstruct what just happened. The merchandise interlocks his fingers with mine, squeezes, and starts us in the direction of my apartment. I release the diatribe. Selfish? She doesn't need therapy? I need therapy now. I need fucking therapy, okay? She probably thought she was being so fucking friendly. She doesn't need therapy? Oh, that's just fucking great. She's great, you know? <clears throat> Super good. I should have just told her that I'm a therapist, and my advice to her is to shut the fuck up. I think someone really needs to tell her that. Doesn't sound like that when I read it. <laughs> like, on paper. <laughs> Between kindness and harassment, too fine a line. I stop talking, which the merchandiser knows is my way of asking him what he thinks of it all. I bet she thought we were being rude, which is why she was being extra nice. You should be a therapist, I joked. I am your therapist. It's true. I need a cigarette. Of course you do. My other therapist. <laughs> 